Fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. What's up? Welcome into it. It is a Wednesday, middle middle of the week, and it's our pre-Thanksgiving celebration, the greatest day of the entire week, man. I'm telling you, this is like a Friday, and you get to gorge yourself on food tomorrow, You'll hopefully get to ride out Friday and then sail off into the weekend for an extended holiday. Sounds kind of nice. Can I pay, take part in that? We're going to have some fun. Welcome into it. This is The Voice Reason. I am Andy Hoosier broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here at our flagship radio station, the Big Talker KQAM in Wichita, Kansas, all over the country. Multiple radio stations, TV, live streaming, podcasting, however you watch or listen to the show. Oh, it's so good to have you along your millennial general reporting for duty like we do every single day. We have some fun stuff to get to for Thanksgiving. Bottom of the hour, we have Judd Saul. We have him on the program equipping the persecuted. He in, he is an entrepreneur, missionary, and documentary filmmaker. He's also the executive director for the organization Equipping the Persecuted. We'll talk about some of the missionary work that he's done and the ongoing history between the Jewish community and the Muslim community in the Middle East, the ongoing conflict there, and the latest out of Israel and Hamas, and that going uh, battle, which it sounds like now we're going into a ceasefire for a couple of days to get some people out, some hostages that will be released. We'll see how that goes, as Israel has made it very clear that this is not the ending of the conflict, but this is the ceasefire to help to get uh, to get some of those hostages back into their hands. So we'll cover some of that when we... Uh, get to him at the bottom of the hour happy thanksgiving first and foremost if you are on the road traveling to your family and friends enjoying life and uh, starting to uh, kick off your holiday season that's what it's all about man so hopefully you've been doing your exercises and by exercises i mean trying to stretch out those belly uh, stomach muscles so that way you can enjoy as much of the turkey overdose that you're going to get tomorrow a lot of people traveling on the roads right now as well according to AAA, they're saying that uh, near three million people are going to be traveling on the roads this weekend for holidays especially with a, a vast more traveling just in general uh, for the thanksgiving break near 55.4 million americans traveling for thanksgiving according to breitbart news with thousands of flights already being delayed or canceled. Oh, who could have totally seen that coming? I'm so glad that after the millions and billions of dollars that we bailed out for the uh, airline industry, that they totally did not like upgrade any of their equipment or software for their systems for the airline industry. And totally glad that we have a Secretary of Transportation that is on top of the stuff to make sure everything runs smoothly which is the point of the Department of Transportation, even if we're supposed to have a Department of Transportation. I think that we could just abolish the entire agency. But if we're going to keep it, can we at least make things run, like, I don't know, efficiently? Or, Andy, there's a lot of people. Yeah, and you would think that we would anticipate the increase of travel during the said holidays and that we would be prepared for something like that by, like, I don't know, doing preventative measures or something. So well done, Pete Buttigieg. You, again, have failed miserably at your job. And no wonder... Why the House of Representatives voted to try and only give you a salary of $1, because that's about all you're worth in that position. With all the disasters we've seen from wrecked to trains to delayed planes and everything else in between, 
uh, you have been an absolute disaster. Oh, by the way, yeah, handing out money as well from the infrastructure package for infrastructure in different states. Man, so hopefully if you are traveling by plane, hopefully you get there in a relatively decent time uh, because what's going to happen more than likely, thanks to Pete Buttigieg and the Biden administration, is that you're not going to get to the family to eat the turkey until after the turkey's already gone because, well, welcome to Bidenomics and getting the scraps of what's over, uh, what's left over from the elite's table. In this sense, they're making you get the scraps of whatever's left over at the family dinner as well. Welcome into the program. <laughs> Happy. That's a great way to start off a Thanksgiving program, right? We will have some fun Thanksgiving things I'll get to in just a minute, but first we do have, I guess, some serious news we need to cover first, right? What's trending today? So, headline right now, we're still covering it. Not sure what's going on as the investigation is still ongoing. But if you have not heard from some of the news coverage, according to Breitbart, that a vehicle exploded on, quote, Rainbow Bridge that connects New York and Canada with border crossings being halted right now. is according to the investigation so far that the car was on fire, driving it near 100 miles an hour and drove into the bridge and exploded. Many people have it on picture and on camera. Watching this explosion going on, they are concerned about it being a potential terrorist attack. We don't have any more information on it right now. And uh, let's see, according to this article from Breitbart, uh, really that's about all that we have. The blast happened on the U.S. side of the Rainbow Bridge while it connects to two countries across the Niagara River. Three other bridges between western New York and Ontario were quickly closed as a precaution as well. Photos and videos were taken by bystanders. Video shows that the fire was in the U.S. Customs and Border Protection area just east of the main vehicle checkpoint. According to the FBI's field office in Buffalo, they said in a statement that they were investigating the explosion or they say that they saw a vehicle speeding towards the crossing from the U.S. side of the border when it swerved to avoid hitting another car, crashed into a fence and exploded, quote, from some of the spectators, quote, all of a sudden he went up in the air and there was like a ball of fire like 30 or 40 feet high. I've never seen anything like it, which means this could either be a terrorist attack this could be a malfunction of a vehicle, or this could be someone who has tried to eat the turkey that I put in the microwave for my Thanksgiving dinner. I'm not quite sure which one, but the investigation is still ongoing, and hopefully this is not a terrorist attack. That is not what we need going into the holidays. Because you imagine that we have, obviously, the Thanksgiving Day Parade that's going on tomorrow in New York. We have the the dog show that everybody likes to watch for some reason on Thanksgiving Day as well. We have family gatherings. We have big football games going on and public events that if a terrorist attack was going to happen, that we would be congregated in many different areas across the country in large portions at a time. And it would be sad if something, God forbid, like that actually was being planned to happen. So why would they do it now at a checkpoint in Canada and U.S.? I'm not quite sure. Uh, we don't have any more information, so we're not going to speculate any further than that. But hopefully everything will be okay, and hopefully the investigation come back cl- uh, comes back clean from a terrorism on that front. All right. Outside of that. What's trending today? Let's talk about some Thanksgiving things, shall we? We'll have some fun for our pre-Thanksgiving celebration. Man, my, mo- my mindset is on turkey, and I am ready to go for it, man. I'm ready to eat it. So uh, we talked a little bit about it, and we're going to talk more about it on our syndicated program over the weekend. But... What do you say and what do you talk about during the Thanksgiving dinners? Because it's the rare times, about two or three times a year, when the entire family gets together and the extended family all gets together. And obviously, I'm sure that there are some black sheeps in the family. You know who you are. The ones that like to be the left-wing individuals at the dinner table trying to talk about how great Joe Biden is and how he saved you so much money for your Thanksgiving turkey dinner. 
<laughs> which, by the way, they're like, oh, yeah, it's down 4.5%. It's down from the high that we had seen just a year ago, down 4.5% year over year. Now, Corrine Jean-Pierre failed to mention that it's still up 25% from 2019 when Trump was still in office. So that's besides the point. Uh, they're trying to push that the economy is doing great, and they tried to artificially lower inflation down by Thanksgiving. So if these are the conversations that are going to come up at the dinner table, shouldn't you be a little bit prepared? And if they're not going to be the conversations at the dinner table, exactly what do you talk about? I, I Maybe that's just me because I'm a dork and I don't know about how to talk about anything else other than really politics, but I have a hard time doing the small talk. Let's be honest. I don't know how to do much small talk. I, if we're going to talk about something, let's talk about it substantial. Let's talk about some philosophy, some politics, and some religion, baby. Let's do this thing. Let's sit down and have the conversation and figure out the problems of the world. If you just want to talk about the weather, uh, you're going to lose my interest really quick, and I'm going to need multiple adult beverages to make that conversation happen. Just throwing that out there. So there was I, I was trying to find an article to say on what you could talk about during Thanksgiving because I'm like, I need some pointers. Because you know me, and I think that I, I we should be talking about politics. In fact, uh, <laughs> I think I've said this story on the program before. My great-grandmother, not my grandmother, my great-grandmother, she died at 90, 93 years old, 96 years old. I forget. Uh, she passed away just about a year ago, and I was very close with her. She was in Ohio, and it was sad I didn't get to make it to the funeral, just things going on. I wasn't able to make it back there. But uh, her and I tried to stay in touch the best we could, and she died, I want to say, 96 and she did. I loved it because at the dinner table, especially at the Thanksgiving Christmas dinners for the family, the extended family, I would always be told, Andy, you're not allowed to talk politics at the dinner table. Not allowed to do it. There's some Democrats in the family. You don't need to be angering people. It's not the time and place. And I loved it when my great grandmother would come because she was like obviously the head of the household. It was entire her lineage that was all gathering together. So she was kind of the pinnacle, the point of the pyramid. And she could do whatever she wanted to do. And she would roll in, and she was by far more political than I was. She was about the only other political family member that we had because no one else even liked to talk politics or was even involved or interested in politics. So it was kind of dull conversation for the most part. But she was extremely political, and I loved it when she was there because she didn't care. In her 90s, she just would waltz right into the family dinner and come right up to me and be like, did you see what happened on Fox News today? And then that would start the entire conversation and everybody would roll their eyes and her and I would go on these fun tirades against Democrats. It was hilarious. It was great. And I will never forget those great memories that I had with my great grandmother at 95 years old before she passed away. Uh, And she was still in great health. She just of old age, just passed away from old age. So I have a hard time with the small talk. So I, I brought up some questions on what we could talk about potentially at these family dinners. Now, again, I don't know whether I'll have a political response to them or not. But if you are concerned about talking politics at your family dinner, these are some things that you could potentially ask and have a conversation about. According to Inc.com, here's the 45 questions to get started as a icebreaker to have that conversation that are non-confrontational. Number one. And some of these are really stupid. I don't quite understand why. Number one, are there any household chores that you secretly enjoy? Which ones and why? Um, yes, it is talking to my wife about politics while she's cleaning the house. <laughs> Can I say that one? Is that is that okay? All right, number two, are there any laws or social rules that completely baffle you? 
that's just an open door for us to have a political conversation, is it not? Are there any laws or social rules that you can, that completely baffle you? Yes. We should not have seatbelt laws. We should not have helmet laws. It's kind of all for yourself. As long as you're not harming somebody else, you should be able to do whatever the hell you want to. That'll be a great conversation starter for someone that does not know me at a family event. Number three, are you a starter or a finisher? I don't even know what that means. Number four, are you living your life purpose or still searching? That's deep. Is that what you ask someone when you first meet them? Are you working your life's purpose? <laughs> I don't know if that's what I would ask someone that I just met, but hey, I mean, I guess you want to get down to the nitty gritty, right? Do you believe that everyone deserves forgiveness? Wow. Goodness. Do you ever hunt for answers or omens in dreams? It's a little personal. Oh, gasp. Do you ever yearn for your life? before facebook do you have a morning ritual yeah i read the news about politics do you ever have any habits that you wish you could erase um yeah i'd like to not focus on politics so much in my life do you have any irrational fears yeah joe biden do you have any personal rituals for the end of the year yeah i'd like to see how many rights i lost from the government's regulations that we've seen throughout the year 2023 I'm starting to realize that I'm very bad at small talk here because any of these they throw at me, man, I'm going to know how to twist it back into it. But maybe, just maybe, that those are the conversations you can have for your small talk at the Thanksgiving dinner table this week, uh, this year for the family. I would like to disagree, and I would like to strongly say that I think one of the things that we are lacking is the conversation to have a dialogue, friendly dialogue with family that we've seen torn apart from anti-Trumpers, pro-Trumpers, and everybody else. Maybe it's time that we start having the conversation again and we teach people again how to have a rational conversation without getting, I don't know, emotionally charged. Just a thought. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed. I'm starting to realize that I am a terrible conversationalist on anything outside of my realm of understanding, or I'm just bored by the conversation. I'm not quite sure which one. I love it, but man, it's going to be a struggle. Thank goodness that uh, we're just going to have a small Thanksgiving. It's the way we roll. Welcome back into the program. 24 minutes past the hour. Uh, do you have your food all ready to rock and roll? I talked to Mrs. Voice of Reason just a little bit ago, and she was rocking the pies. She's getting everything ready for tomorrow. I am going to lose it. I'm going to have a really hard time not to go home tonight and try and eat all the food already. Like, we have to have a pre-Thanksgiving um, celebration, right? And then we have to have the celebration. And then afterwards, one of my favorite parts is having the leftover turkey where you make turkey sandwiches and you make the turkey enchilada. Yeah, you make turkey enchiladas, make all that stuff for the next few days after. That's what I'm talking about, baby. All right, one more time. Let's get into some what's trending issues of the day. What's trending today? So there was a meeting, apparently, with some of the Republican caucus in the House of Representatives today. Is uh, Mike Johnson, Speaker of the House, said that he's getting some pressure from the conservative end of the House speakership as Chip Roy and others in the Freedom Caucus are trying to push the individual uh, Mike Johnson further to the right in questioning on the extension of this continuing resolution that we saw last week, whether this is really going to be change in D.C. or whether he's just trying to take the hits for the Republicans or whether he's actually just cowering and just caving and just doing his thing. 
Now, I will reiterate that I want to actually give somebody a chance to do this. And while I do want to see the cuts being made, while I do want to see reforms being made, you're not able to do that that took 50, 80, 100 years in this country. You're not going to be able to do that in a three-week span of taking over the one half of the branch of government, uh, one half of one branch of government. It's going to take some time. And I've said many times before that I'm okay with this continuing resolution uh, that the House did as long as we're working behind the scenes to actually stand up, hold our ground, and actually fight for what needs to be done when this resolution ends to where we're in a better position with the appropriations bills and the appropriation bills have the government spending cuts that they need and that we stand our ground. Because I know that what was going to happen here, if we do somehow miraculously have all 12 appropriation bills done, which will be a miracle, by the way, because that hasn't happened in a very long time, then the Democrats on the House, on the Senate side are going to say, well, this is dead on arrival. It's not okay. We're not going to cut all this funding. And somehow, miraculously, if we get them to agree to them, which is going to be the first hurdle, because then they're going to sit down and compromise and try and say, all right, well, let's haggle here and there. And Republicans, remind you, are terrible at haggling. So let's just say miraculously we're able to compromise and hold our ground and actually get them to approve it. Then we go to the president who's already threatened to veto the bills because they cut too much and essentially repeal everything that Biden's worked on for the past three years. So this is going to take some time and it's going to take a fight. And this infighting, I'm starting to get more frustrated, honestly, with the Freedom Caucus because we have to realize the reality of the situation. I'm wanting to fix this issue. I stand with them on what they're trying to do. But guys, we have to work together here. And instead of trying to attack our new leader, let's try and work with him to support him in making this actually happen. According to Chip Roy and uh, DNYUZ.com with this story, that Speaker Johnson, this is a quote from Chip Roy, by the way, Speaker Johnson was on the floor of the House today, basically begging for forgiveness, frankly. For some of us in the Freedom Caucus who are giving him a lot of grief, trying to fight him and push him into the right direction on this spending bill. He goes on to say that I love Mike. But I told him on the floor of the House today, I said, Mike, this is strike one. It might even be strike two. You're not going to get any hall passes on this. I'm not going to hold you differently than I did Kevin McCarthy or anyone else. I understand that. At the same time, Chip Roy, this is my message to you because I totally listen to this program. My message to you is we've had three weeks of a conservative speaker that I feel more confident in a negotiating table with than I do with Kevin McCarthy. So, yeah, it is a different scenario. We kind of hold a little bit different standard if the ends will justify the means and those ends meaning that we see major cuts in our budget at the end of the day. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, this is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. Your political therapist, your patriot on the prairie, your millennial general. That's the way we roll right here on the program. Welcome into it. Multiple radio stations and TV, live streaming, podcasting, trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that five pound bag, trying to rebrand the millennial generation one Radio listener at a time on our multiple radio stations. Always great to have you with us and happy Thanksgiving to you. If you are traveling, safe travels. <laughs> We're already seeing the delays and cancellations from flights. Thank you, Pete Buttigieg. That's fantastic. Or airline industry. 
fill in the blank name of airline industry that failed to actually upgrade their systems and prepare themselves for holidays after receiving billions of dollars of taxpayer relief funds over the past decade or so. Just throwing that out there. You know, it's not like we can't prepare for the holidays or anything. Nonetheless, let's shift gears a little bit here. we got a lot to talk about in the latest in What's Trending. What's Trending Today. A lot of things going on into our holiday season. It's hard to actually focus on holidays and get into that holiday mode when there's a lot of activity going on. We've uh, given you the updates. I haven't seen any more information on this uh, car exploding near the Canadian border. We'll have some more information on that as we see it. At the same time, the other big news, uh, let's go across the pond for a second and talk about the ceasefire between Israel and Hamas as they are going to have a three- or four-day ceasefire, potentially 50 different hostages being released from Hamas, and it sounds like it could go on longer, although Israel has made it very clear, saying that they will not allow this ceasefire to remain because they have a goal, and they are no longer in for this two-state system. They are in it to demolish their enemy and wipe out Hamas and bring some peace into the region. So uh, what is this doing to the community? And where does this come from? How the heck did we get here to this point? And what has this conflict been doing for not just the last couple of years or the past few decades, but for a very, very long time in that region? Really happy to have on the program. It's been a while as we've tried to get him on here and working on schedules and excited to have him finally lock him down. He is the executive director for Equipping the Persecuted. He's also a documentary filmmaker, entrepreneur, and missionary. Happy to have on the program Mr. Judd Saul. Judd, how are you, my friend? Doing very good, sir. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Happy Thanksgiving to you. It's so great to have you on the show. What a crazy time that we live in, isn't it? It's uh, it, We always think that we, it, we can't up the bar every single day, every single month, and it seems like we always get a hold my beer and watch this. <laughs> <laughs> the world is going crazy. And, you know, I couldn't have predicted this even 10 years ago. I thought we would be, you know, where we're at now would take about 20, 30 years. But 10 years later, this is where we're at and this is what we're facing. It is unfortunate. The craziest part is that while we watch the events unfold, I think to me the most shocking is the response from Americans themselves with so many protests for pro-Hamas, pro-Palestinian, agreeing to even just wipe Israel off the face of the earth. And people being okay with that, Judd, I think that's one of the most disturbing things that I've seen, isn't it? People have no idea what they are celebrating. They have been lied to. They have been indoctrinated. You know, the same ideology that killed these 2,000 innocent Israeli civilians has been killing tens of thousands of Christians in the country of Nigeria under the same brutal and awful circumstances. Mm. And let's, let's, let's not... You know, let, let's not be politically correct here. Muslims, especially radical Islam, has it out for destroying anybody and anything that is not under their ideology. And this happens day in and day out all across the world, especially in places like Nigeria. But it's, it's interesting that we finally got a wake-up call because Hamas decided to video all of their atrocities for the world to see. And now people have a real window of what radical Islam really looks like. 
Yeah, well, and that's a term that we don't hear the politicians say because, I, I mean, I get it when they when they talk about the innocents in Palestine. I get it. I get I get it. There's women, there's children, they're being abused, and unfortunately Hamas is using them as the shields. They're blockading them from being exited while Israel's trying to let them know. You know, and, and like you said, this is radical Islamic terrorism, not the entire Muslim community or population, but the radicals in there that have called for the death of Jews, that have called for the death of Christians, that have called for the death of Israel and for the United States of America. And in this world of wokeness or in progressivism or whatever we want to call it, we now have to accept radical ideas that infringe upon people's right to live or to even live peacefully, which is what they're doing. And somehow we have to defend this. Yeah, it's it's a total joke. It's a total joke. You cannot coddle an ideology that is in direct opposition for everything you stand for, everything your nation stands for. They don't believe in freedom of speech. They don't believe in the freedom of individual rights. Everything that radical Islamists believe is contrary to everything put in our U.S. Constitution. Yeah, it is Meaning, unfortunate. And, it, and, and, and the only way this ideology spreads is by, the, is by death of the sword. You either convert or die. That's the only way they convert people. In Christianity, it's direct opposite. I happen to be a Christian where we believe in forgiving one another, where we actually believe in the love of Jesus Christ, where people have the opportunity to accept or reject Jesus, but that's their choice. We don't kill them if they don't accept Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you've obviously been obviously a Christian and a missionary, and you mentioned Nigeria. I know that you've taken a lot of trips over there. Talk about your experiences and what you've seen with this and the conditions that many Christians in that area actually live through and have to go through on a daily basis. What you're seeing is a systematic genocide. I call it death by a thousand attacks, where uh, they have come in from the north. Radical Muslims have come in from the north and have taken territory little by little, little by little. I say death by a thousand attacks, going after little villages. And now all of northern Nigeria, 12 states, are under Sharia law. Mm. And what that means is, is that if you happen to be a Christian living in a Sharia state, you are subservient to the Sharia law, which trumps Nigerian law. Yeah. Meaning you have to pay a fine just to exist pay a fee just to exist in these areas. And if you don't pay those fines, they kill you. But then they systematically go through villages, slaughtering as many as they can and displacing millions of Christians, taking everything they own and, you know, and they have nothing left but the clothes on their backs. Yeah. And so what our mission does is we respond within 48 hours of these attacks with food, aid, and medicine and help those who have been victims of these attacks. Well, God bless you guys for doing that. Historically, in those areas, what is the dominant faith belief there? Is it Christianity? Is it uh, is it something else? Is it something local that they have? I mean, what is the predominant faith that individuals have in these areas before the uh, the radicals come in and start trying to take it over and convert everyone? It was all predominantly Christian. It was all, I would say, 80% Christian, 20% witchcraft, and, uh, you know, local tribal uh, religions, that kind of thing. But what's happened is as Islam has come in and taken over territory. If you don't agree with what they're doing, they're going to kill you. And they really don't like Christians because the first person and the first buildings they go after, they kill pastors, and then they burn the churches first. Yeah. Yeah, it's a terrible and ordeal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, you know, so what I want to say is, is you know, 2,000 Isra- innocent Israelis were killed, 
We've had nearly 10,000 Christians killed this year in Nigeria so far. Why don't we hear about that? It's politically incorrect to talk <laughs> about Muslims killing Christians, uh, especially in Nigeria. And the BBC says, well, there's a text occurring, but it's because of climate change. Oh, wow. So the Christians are dying in there because of climate change then? Yeah, yeah, they're being killed because of climate change. That's uh, what the BBC is saying. Very and so we've made it a part we've made it a part of our mission. We created a website called truthnigeria.com where we're actually teaming up with journalists in Nigeria and documenting and reporting the actual numbers and reporting the actual attacks that are occurring so people know what's going on. Wow, very fascinating. We're talking with Judd Solf. Equipping the Persecuted is uh, the organization. Go check out the website there as well and see what they do. Support them in any way that you can, uh, which is amazing. Uh, it's it's wild, not only that we don't hear about this persecution of Christians in Nigeria and other parts of Africa, but it's not even being addressed really at the United Nations. We have coups going on. We have tyrants going on. We have genocides of either religious individuals or racial individuals. We have slaves that are digging for our you know, cell phone lithium batteries that we, you know, that we use every day for our cell phones. All this is going on in Africa. And for some reason, not only is the media not covering it, but the United Nations, which is supposed to be there to fight, try and fight supposedly, air quotes here, for humanity and for human rights, they're not addressing this issue either. Why do you think that is? Well, it's because the leaders of the corrupt countries are in charge of all the committees that are supposed to overlook these things. <laughs> Funny how that I mean, works, let, right? Let, 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 let's be honest. Um, uh, you have uh, Iran, who's on the Human Rights Council. Yeah. But, I mean, I mean, let's you know the people that are supposed to watch over these things are actually the bad people that are allowing these things to happen. Yeah. And so, if they tell the whole world, "Oh no, it doesn't exist. We see nothing here." Well, that's the official narrative. Sure. Well, it's kind of like the slap on the wrist that they've given Russia during their whole uh, human rights violations, blowing up apartment complexes when they invaded Ukraine, and the fact that because they're one of the biggest funders of the United Nations, that uh, they haven't seen any type of human rights violations or investigations into Putin as well, which is uh, pretty devastating. Jed, uh, we got just about a minute before we have to take a break here, but I want to come into, when we come back, the history of of this conflict in the Middle East between the Jewish community, between Israel, obviously the nation itself of Israel being founded after World War II, uh, after the uh, the genocide essentially that we saw the Jewish population during World War II, but the history that goes way beyond that as well and where this all came from. Because like you said earlier, that the history, the understanding of this situation is I think being grossly misrepresented, misunderstood by the young generation that's calling for the river to the sea and the uh, the abolition of the nation of Israel because they feel like they're the ones that came in and intruded and took over this land forcefully against the Palestinians. And obviously that's a very manipulated, miscued version of what the history looks like in that region. So when we come back, I want to talk about that a little bit. And could we actually see this de-escalate and calm down, or is this going to be ongoing for a while? We'll do that all that, all that and more with Judd Saul. He's uh, with Equipping the Persecuted. You can find their website, everything that they're doing, right back here on a Thanksgiving episode here on The Voice Reason for a Wednesday. Stay right here. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Fighting for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason 
with Andy Hoosier. Yes, indeed it is. Welcome back into it. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Last few minutes of the program. As we get set for Thanksgiving, I can already smell the turkey. And no, it's not the turkey that I tried to put in the microwave last night to dethaw. <laughs> That's a joke. Come on, man. Happy Thanksgiving to you. We're hanging out with Judd Saul. He is with Equipping the Persecuted. You can find online equippingthepersecuted.org is the website. As you think about things that you're grateful for, you can think about things that we can do to help humanity as a whole, and that's a great way to do so, is trying to help those that are being persecuted around the world uh, with some of the travesties and the genocide that goes on that we never even hear about. And that right there just boils my blood and makes me sad all at the same time. But let's focus on the Middle East for a second, this ongoing conflict with Russia or with uh, Israel and with Hamas and with Gaza. And Judd, let's talk about this because right now we're hearing these protests in the nation, talking about from the river to the sea, the abolishment of Israel, because, by golly, they are the intruders. They are the ones that came and oppressed the other people and took land that wasn't rightfully theirs, and that the Palestinians were there long before the Israelites came in and tried to create the nation of Israel itself. Is that actually true? Like, what am I missing here? Uh, that's the biggest farce. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's the biggest lie that is being perpetrated. And all people have to do is go pick up some actual real history books to find out uh, who the land really belongs to and has always belonged to, and that is the Jewish people, the Israelites, going back thousands of years. Yeah. The the fascinating part about that, Jed, is that they try to say that the Palestinians were the original Israelites that ended up remaining there and staying there when the other Israelis uh, ended up leaving and going off in other parts of the world, that they're the original Israelites that were rightfully there and that ended up converting in time over to uh, Muslim uh, religions or other religions or whatever, but they are the original Israelites. Is that true? Uh, absolutely not. That is totally not true. And, well, well they will come up with there's a different lie every week <laughs> about how the Palestine, it's the Palestinian land and and why this is that and there's so much misinformation out there and I don't even know where to begin because it is so absurd yeah yeah it is uh, it is pretty ridiculous now the ceasefire that we are working on uh, right now how long do you think this is going to last and is this going to be the final time that we see? Uh, Hamas around, and is this going to be the end of Israel now that we see Iran coming in and uh, potentially getting involved as well, uh, other nations that want to get involved with this? I mean, where does this end with this ongoing conflict? Because right now, I don't see an end in this one. I don't see an end to it as uh, as well either. The thing is, if, if, if Israel does back down and they give more and more concessions, we're going to see this whole thing replay itself out in another five years, ten years, maybe sooner. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, is Israel needs to hold their ground. They need to continue and rid the world of Hamas and end this once and for all. Because otherwise they're just setting, they're, they're allowing the enemy right at their gates to establish, rebuild, and do what they've always done since Israel became a nation. Yeah. Uh, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some time to do that. And do you think this could potentially lead into a World War III situation as more nations get involved and then we get pressure to get involved to support Israel and other nations jump in? Is this going to be the big conflict? Uh, it very well could be. It very well could be. And, you know, I, I hope that, you know, <laughs> I don't wish war upon anybody or any nation. However, Israel does have a right to defend itself. Israel has a right to rid the world of these terrorists because 
I'm trying to think of the best way to put it. it yeah. It's asinine. It's asinine to try to come to the defense of Hamas and the people that elected Hamas. Remember, the Palestinians were the ones that elected Hamas and put them in power. They knew exactly who they were putting in power and why. Yeah, it is. It's a it's a it's a dirty situation, like you said. It's a one where Israel has ab- absolute right to defend themselves, and we have hatred in the world to where I mean, we got to remember that there are Muslims, there are Christians, there are Jews that all live peacefully and happily in Israel, all coexisting together. It can be done. It's these radicals outside of it that just don't like it and want to try and remove these individuals because, well, they've called literally for the death of the Jews, death of Christians, death to Israel, and death to America. And that's the ideology that we have to end and get rid of in this world. It is equippingthepersecuted.org. It's Judd Saul, the executive director. Judd, keep up the fight, my friend. God bless what you guys are doing. Thank you so much for it. Happy Thanksgiving, my friend. we got to get you back on and talk again real soon. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. God bless. Hey, God bless to you, and happy Thanksgiving. There it is. All ready to go, man. I'm ready for some turkey. How about you? It's time to go and celebrate. I am smelling it already, and I'm going to be on the way home. Until then, everybody, have a great uh, Thanksgiving weekend. We're back at it again on uh, Monday for this program. We will be off the next couple of days, so get ready for that. Also, our syndicated show. Don't miss that one. Until then, be your own voice of reason. This is the voice of reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. Happy Thanksgiving. Have a great couple of days. We'll see you on the radio.